With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, let us say hello and a welcome back to the man who, on Saturday after UFC 286, UFC President Dana White revealed that he will be next for the UFC welterweight title. It's been over a year since he's been with us. And days after the big announcement, Colby Chaos Covington back here on MMA Fighting. Colby. How are you, my man? Thank you for doing this. I'm doing great, Mike. It's it's good to talk to a real journalist, you know, not like some of those groupie fanboys that they have over at MMA Fighting. You know, some real journalism, a guy I respected since the beginning. So, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing. We're going to have a great talk today. And, and you know, it's not going to be, you know, it's a real journalism talk. These guys are groupie fanboys. They don't even have a real journalism degree, and they, they call themselves journalists. They're nothing more than groupies to have their opinions. Well, you have obviously inspired a lot of uh, debate and opinions and perhaps controversy is a word that some people would use. But here we are. We're getting ready for a fight week. It is just a normal fight week, right? We have the media day and the press conference and then Friday rolls around and the official weigh-ins are going on. And I wake up bright and early to get my kid ready for school. And what do I see? I jump on Twitter and I see that you have weighed in. And it is going bananas. This thing is going nuts. And nobody saw this coming. So when were you aware that this is a thing? Because there's kind of different conversations and different reports. Who knew? Who didn't? But when were you made aware? How did this all come to be? So I was I was made aware Tuesday night. They called me like 9, 10 p.m. I, I got a call with uh, Hunter Campbell. And they, he confirmed that I was going to be the official backup. If anybody pulled out, had a bad, bad weight cut, anything, that I would step in to fight for the world championship. Which, rightfully so, because I am the num- number two fighter in the world. So I'm the next man up, the next contender to, to fight. You know, the real people's champ, you know, king of Miami, Donald Trump's favorite fighter. But every, that's a different story. But... You know, so I was made aware Tuesday night. I got on a flight Wednesday morning, didn't get to London until Thursday morning, had one day to cut the weight. I was 18 pounds over because I was indulging. You know, I was enjoying my foods, you know, enjoying my time off, hanging out with the president, you know, Donald Trump and and having a good time. So I wasn't really thinking about fighting. I was lifting weights, like putting on, trying to put on some weight and, and stay heavy so, you know, I could compete with these cheaters. So, you know, it, it, it was a it was a beautiful opportunity, but it just showed how much of a professional I am, Mike, that I'm ready to go anytime, anywhere, anyone. And the UFC knows that. Did Was there I didn't think you were going to hesitate, but was there any like conversation that needed to be had? Was there like, can I call you back? I'll probably do it, but let me just make sure. Or was this before you hung up with Hunter? I'm in. Book me a flight and I'm on it. Not even before I hung up with him. He knew as soon as he called, there was no hesitation at all. I said, absolutely. Let's let's freaking do this. 
This is going to be the greatest storyline ever. I prepared my whole life for this moment. It's not just one training camp, two training camp. It's the work I put in my whole entire life, Mike, the blue collar work ethic that I, I've gotten to the grindstone and I've hammered away at it. So, you know, there wasn't any hesitation. As soon as Hunter called, I said, absolutely, let's do it. When's the first flight I can get out? And he said, you know, in the morning, Wednesday morning and get to London Thursday. And we got a day to cut the waist. So, you know, I proved to the UFC, you know, how, how much, how valuable I am, how much of a professional I am and how much of, you know, if, if something goes wrong, I'm here to save the day. I've been willing to fight the biggest and best fights in this company. As they've said that, you know, he's accepted everybody and wants to fight everybody in the world. So, you know, it's just, it, there was no hesitation right away. I told Hunter, let's do this, man. I can't wait. It was going to be a great storyline. Yeah. Cause we hadn't, I mean, we hadn't seen you since your last fight and here we are just out of nowhere. We haven't really heard from you at all. And then, you know, just being back in the machine in London and there, there were some rumblings that maybe you would be there, but nobody actually knew for sure until John Anik actually said your name and you stepped on the scale and you're 170 on the nose. What's going through your mind as you were getting ready to walk out there? Are you like, oh, about to surprise some people right now? What, what, what were you thinking? Man, honestly, I, I felt at peace. You know, it's just, there was no pressure on me ever. You know, no one even knew what was going on because like my friend, little Wayne says, move, real G's move in silence like lasagna. So I was moving in silence. I don't have to eat my sandwich, then take a picture every time I'm doing something, you know, I move, I move in, in silence and my success makes the noise. So, you know, there was no pressure. It felt amazing, man. Like I, I've never been that confident going into a fight week that I was going to win the world title. Like I felt so prepared. I'm finally coming into my prime physically and mentally, and I feel better than ever. And it just, honestly, the feelings were just no pressure. And, and I was about to be the world champion. Yeah. And it was like the best kept secret in MMA. Cause it's so hard to keep these secrets. And even Dana was like surprised that he even got the buzz. Cause they normally, he said they normally don't even announce the backups and that his own kid even called him. He's like, what the hell is Colby doing out there waiting for a title fight? So it was just very weird. And just the buzz behind it was massive because everybody was talking about it and they, and they say it in pro wrestling and you used, you know, a, a rap lyric, but in pro wrestling, they say, we can't miss you if you don't leave. And it seems like for good or for bad, people freaking miss you. So were you surprised how much attention you just stepping on a scale got on Friday? No, not at all. You know, this is a culmination of years of hard work and, and sacrifice and blood, sweat and tears. So, you know, the people, like you said, you know, how can someone miss someone if you don't go away? So I went away, I put in my hard work in silence. You know, I've been ready to fight everybody in the world and I've accepted every fight they've offered, which is why I was put in that position as the backup fighter, ready to fight for the world title because I've taken everything they've offered. And it, it's not my fault that it didn't happen. It's not my fault that dog-faced motherfucker come shot, missed weight by nine pounds and he's making a joke and mockery at my division. Like you weren't even close, dude. You had the PI, you had millions of dollars of doctors and marketing and all this stuff put into you and you're making a mockery. You're laughing on the scale. You're nine pounds over. You had the easiest fight in the division and they were building that up you win that fight you were going to get daddy you were going to get the man the king of the division colby chaos covington but you couldn't do that you were scared and no you never fucking were offered a fight with me that's fucking bullshit you're lying you're lying on your religion you're a fucking joke and you're lucky you're not in my division anymore now you have no say the boss dana white you know uncle ari emmanuel uncle you know hunter campbell those guys are in charge they're not going to let you I fight at one step anymore. You missed weight by nine pounds. It wasn't even close. And then he's laughing. So he, so he was offered to you. Cause I know Dana was trying to make that fight since like the Jacksonville card this past April. That was one of the ones on his mind. I wanted to do a big July card ABC with you and Hamzad. Bilal Muhammad has also mentioned that he's been, that your name came up to him as well. So when you say that you've said yes to everybody, like, are those the two names that you were offered or were there other names in play as well? 
No, that's funny. You know, I, I was never offered a cum shot. You know, he, he's lying through his fucking teeth, dude. I, I, I was ready to fight him. I accepted the UFC. They called and approached me. I said, absolutely, yes, right away. Let's do this. I'm going to end his hype. He's got no cardio. It's easy fight for me. I told that to, to Dana White and Hunter Campbell. And they knew right away I was ready to fight, which is why I'm in this position. He was the unprofessional fucking idiot, dog-faced-looking motherfucker that couldn't make weight. They gave you a layup. They gave you the soy boy, Nate Diaz, a guy that's done fighting. He's washed up. The easiest fight. And you couldn't make the weight and you weren't even close. You're freaking nine pounds over. The guy's freaking trying to cut 40, 50 pounds to get to our weight class. I mean, it's a joke, dude. If I do that, I'd be fighting Henry Cejudo and Sean O'Malley. Like, those are, but I don't need to be a weight bully. I fight at my natural weight. So it's just a fucking joke. And, and Bilal Muhammad, oh, let's talk about Bilal Muhammad. Mike, you're talking about the racist, right? You're not talking Bilal. You're talking the racist. That guy is so beyond racist. Like, everything he does is racist. The guy's a freaking joke. He's saying, I'm in this position because of my skin color, because I'm white. Mike, that's clear racism. I, I, I announced that the UFC and ESPN need to cut him from the panel. They can't have a racist on their show. And you know who's hanging out and associated with that racist? John Anik. John Anik, you know, supports that racism. So it's a freaking joke. And John Anik's supposed to be impartial, Mike. He's supposed to be impartial. He's supposed to have that headset, supposed to be an interviewer and remain impartial. Don't be a cheerleader. You want to be a cheerleader. Let down the headset, pick up the pom-poms, go on the side, be a cheerleader. So you wanted to lick my freaking balls in London. Oh, Kobe, this, this, this. But then you want to go back behind the stage and cheerlead for a racist. So he associates with racism and Bilal Muhammad. And, you know, John Anik, dude, I, I don't want your kids to grow up without a dad. Just realize you live in Boca. I live in Miami, motherfucker. You're not too far from me. So you better shut your fucking mouth. You poked a bear. Now you get the bear comes after you. Jeez, was not was not ready for that. But uh, let, let's kind of go back to this past weekend, if you if, if we could, because like I said, you stole a lot of the headlines coming in and then you stole like all of the headlines coming out. Because like I said earlier, Dana White steps up to the podium after the main event, says you're next in line for Leon, defeats Kamara Usman in the main event via majority decision. Did you know that announcement was coming? I mean, we saw the video of you jumping up and down when they announced the winner and then Leon kind of no-sold you in the cage. But had you and Dana, had you and Hunter, had you guys already had that discussion that if Leon wins this fight, you're next? Absolutely. We had the discussion. You know, they came out to me before the fight even started in the arena. And Hunter told me, hey, you're next if Leon wins. And which is why I was there in the first place. I'm the number two guy in the world. I'm next in line for the world title. I'm actually the biggest draw. Not only am I the next in line as the contender to fight for the world championship, I'm the biggest draw in the numbers for this division. I'm the welterweight king. There's no king. Leon's not the king. He's a placeholder for me. For daddy. And, and, and the numbers showed, Mike. You look at the numbers out throughout the weekend. All I did was weigh in, and I was the biggest draw. Like millions and millions of views. Those guys didn't attract shit. Both those guys can't draw money with a, a green crown and a white piece of paper. They don't draw flies to shit. They're unoriginal. No charisma. Both of them are a fucking joke. And let me tell you one thing, Mike, that I want to say to Leon. That mumbling fucking idiot. Such a fucking clown. First off to Leon. I'm, oh, let me take off these glasses for this. Leon, let me, this is the only piece of advice that I'm ever going to give you. Only, only, because next you're going to get your ass whoops. There's a saying that goes on, Leon, and shut your fumbling mouth, listen, open your freaking stupid ears, and listen to the advice I give, because it's the only advice I'm going to give to you, Leon. You don't cross your boss, and you will learn the hard way. Remember that, Leon. That's the only advice I'm giving you. You don't cross your boss. So I, I assume perhaps that is coming from earlier today. He did an interview on the MMA hour and he said, if they offer me the fight, 
uh, I'm not going to take it. And I actually have this ready to go. Uh, his exact quote was, I definitely have a say, listen, he ain't getting a title shot next fight. Look at the road I had to take to get there. There's no way you're getting beat twice by the guy that I just beat twice. Went out, want to fight, then sit out for a year and a half, not even tweeting or nothing, just go missing for a year and then randomly pops up at the weigh-ins. And it's like, okay, he's fighting for the title next. It makes no sense at all. So let's see how it plays out. He has to go out there and earn his way like I had to do. Hamzat and me were calling each other up for years. This is a guy that I got matched up with three times in a row. I took the Shamaya fight. Covington didn't take the fight, and he's getting rewarded for not taking the fight. When it was me, I got removed from the rankings. So Dana White privilege is definitely real. I assume that's the quote that that you're responding to. Yes, Mike. And let me say to Leon, good luck with that, Junior. Good luck with that. First off, you don't make the calls. You're not even, you haven't even defended the title. Like you fought a shell of former self from Usman, who who obviously was doing too much filming for Wakanda is forever for the, the Black Panther movie that he wasn't focused. And he's just past the hill. He's one foot out, one foot in. You you see he's saying in interviews he wants to retire. So, you know, it was the wars that added up from me. And you, good good job, Leon. You beat Usman. I beat him too in Madison Square Garden last November. So you know, we did the same exact thing. So, you know, it's just it's just funny, man. Like, all the fucking fans are trying to go after Dana. Dana, Dana, no, you can't let him get a title shot. Dude, you think Dana's going to listen to all these fucking pathetic journalists? They're not even journalists. They're fucking groupies. Like I said, you think Dana's going to listen to them when he was trying to get him canceled? Like, all these journalists wanted to get Dana canceled for the power slap league, which, by the way, power slap is doing phenomenal jobs. Crazy ratings. So good job to Dana and the UFC on that. But they're trying to get him canceled for that. You think Dana's going to listen to some of these fucking idiot so-called journalists? Like, it's just fucking hilarious, dude. Like, Everybody knows who the draw is. My my haters have to accept it now. And the reason they're so mad, Mike, is because all my haters know I'm about to come. I'm going to dispute a champion of the world. And, and it's the reason Leon's looking for easy fights. He knows he's going to get beat by me and he's afraid. What did you actually think of the fight? Like, because you were cage side for it. And, you know, like you said, we saw your reaction. You were excited that he won. We were, we were doing our watch party. So I haven't actually gone back and rewatched the fight. But watching it live with like 800 things going on around me, I scored it the same way the two judges who scored it for Leon scored it. 48-46. I gave him one, four, and five. I gave two to Usman. Three was a nine-nine because of the fence grab and the point being taken, which I'm so excited to see a referee actually take a point because we've been talking about this for years. Coaches should have fighters like grabbing fences during training because the referees never call it. Herb Dean takes the point. That's beside the point. It's a whole other conversation we could have. But uh, how did you score it watching it live? Did you score it the same or did you score it a draw? Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't scoring it, but, you know, I, it was clear that Leon won, but he's the biggest fucking cheater in, in all the fucking sport, dude. He comes out there, he pokes him in the eye, he, he hits him in the nuts, he freaking, you know, uh, grabs the fence, and then he grabs the fence and Herb Dean stops it and takes the point away, and then he tries to deny it to Herb in the world, like the wor whole world didn't just see it. That's how fucking dumb Leon Scott is. He's not a fucking champion, he's a placeholder, and there's a reason for that. Like, the guy doesn't know how to fucking how to do business. There's a reason he's not a draw and no one cares. So, you know, I mean, yeah, he won the fight, but it, there was a show of his former self. And, and it's funny because there was multiple people were like, dude, that's not the same Usman. Like he's definitely, he's, he's two feet out the door now. Like he was one foot in one foot out before he's completely out. He's cashed out. He's made his money. He's not hungry anymore. So, you know, Leon, it, it wasn't anything special. That's for sure. And, but all the cheating going on, fucking what a joke, dude. Edward Scissorhands, Leon Scott, man, poking in the eye, freaking you know, nut grab, fucking grabbing the fucking gloves, grabbing the gloves up against the cage. Like, 
Like, that's why they took a point away, because he was grabbing the gloves, like, multiple times in the first round, and then and then he goes and fucking grabs the fence with two hands. Like, the guy's a fucking cheater, and Leon Scott, let me tell you, you can grab the fence all you want when we fight. It's not going to make a difference. You're getting fucking smoked. You're getting exposed. And I'm going to come to the undisputed champion. I'm already the people's champion. I'm already America's champion. I'm already fucking Donald Trump's favorite fighter. I'm already the king of Miami. So now it's time to come back and take over my division again. So I, I host a show. It's like three days a week on our Twitter feed. And people ask about you all the time. And this wasn't particularly about you, but there was a lot of like, what's next hypothetical questions that came into the fight. Like, what if Kamara wins? Like, who gets the next shot? What if Leon wins? Who gets the next shot? And a lot of newer fans gave me a bunch of crap because I said that do not be surprised if Colby Covington is in play because that's just the way it works. Like this is how the UFC has done it for a long time. And obviously Bilal is out there. He's been unbeaten over nine fights. Hasn't lost it over four years. He's got a case. The racist. racist. You're talking about the racist, right? Unbeaten against nobodies. He hasn't fucking been in a marquee fight on a pay-per-view headlining against top five guys. He's beating uh, prospects. He's beating, you know, guys outside the top fives. Nobodies. Like, he's beating washed-up guys. Like, he's a fucking nobody. He was melted by Vicente Luke, melted by, you know, Jeff Nail, melted by a nobody, Alan Choban, and some other people. The guy's a nobody. There's a reason he's not in this position. He's complaining. He's a racist, first off. He, all he does is spill racism. is fucking disgusting. But besides being a racist, he hasn't earned this right, Mike. This is not a this is not a sport. This is not a game. This is the ultimate entertainment business. This is about making money for the company, the UFC. That's what I've done continuously, time in and time in and out. I stayed ready, ready for the moment. One world championship, done big business for this company. I'm in this position, the next ranked contender in the world for a reason. Like there's a reason I was the backup fighter because I've accepted every single fight they've offered and I've stayed ready on a moment's notice to fight anybody in the world. Now there is a time Colby, when we started doing interviews where you were having a tough time getting these big fights and you know, you were holding freaking signs out in the street asking for these fights and you just gave Leon Edwards uh, some advice and now Bilal Muhammad is, is in a, not the same kind of situation, but a similar type of situation because even if he fights Shafkat Rachmanov, which is the fight they're, apparently targeting for Bilal there, there is still no guarantee he gets a title shot. That's just the nature of the division and kind of the nature of the business right now. So what is your advice to Bilal Muhammad? Because he's obviously not happy about this. And if we're looking at this from a meritocratic perspective, you can't really blame him. Can't blame it. Mike, he hasn't done anything to earn anything against big fights. The racist Bilal Muhammad should go out there and stop spewing racism. That's what he should do. And he should go out there and make himself likable and become a star. He's not a star. He's a nobody, dude, because, you know, the guy's spewing racism and he's spilling hate out there. Like, that's not what this country needs right now. We need fucking unity. We need fucking diversity. We need fucking to come together and not spew racism or, or fucking religion like that has nothing to do with this so the guy needs to go win the big fights i don't care we've all been on long winning streaks i've been on long winning streaks you know seven eight nine fights whatever dude we've all fucking done it dude but you need to become a star because this is a business this is not a game this is the entertainment business and and shitting on dana on the ufc and what he's doing right now he's going the wrong, uh, the wrong route like i said to leon he should take the same advice you don't cross the boss it's a universal known saying you don't cross your boss mike you said you were hoping for July to do this fight, International Fight Week. Is is that the time frame that you are preparing for right now? It's what I'm preparing for, but everybody knows now that I stay ready on a moment's notice. It could be Miami. I hope the main event in Miami falls through all pay-per-view there. That's, I'm the king of a Miami. I do need to show up 
You know, shout out to, you know, the law enforcement, you know, the canine unit in Miami Beach, my boy, Charlie Weiss, you know, uh, uh, Chief uh, Rich Clements. So, you know, uh, you know, I hope I, I stay ready. You know, I was ready to fight last weekend in London on a moment's notice. Either guy it didn't matter because I know I'm the best in the world. So I'm, I can fight either style. It doesn't matter. So, you know, I'm ready whenever. But I, but I think now, Mike, now the way it's shaping up. International Fight Week is the biggest scene. It's the biggest spectacle. And, and they're talking about John Jones and Stipe. Who doesn't want to see me on a stage? My old buddy, old pal, John Jones. You know how funny that would be on stage at the press conference, Mike? It's perfect. It's money. Would Would you be cool being the co-main event to that fight over headlining or, or headlining a different card with Leon? I'm cool with the UFC knows I'm cool with whatever, you know, co-headlining, main event, what, whatever they want me to do. I'm an ultimate businessman, Mike. I, I show up, I make weight. I never miss weight. I don't miss weight like by nine pounds, like that dog face looking motherfucker cum shot. So, you know, I make my weight championship weight on a day's notice, literally days notice. I got out there one day to cut 18 pounds. I did, didn't make excuses. So I stay ready whenever, I, you know, if they want me to co-main event, let's do co-main event and international fight week on the biggest spectacle or whenever they want. They want it June, August, you know, May, April, whenever the UFC wants, you know, I'll leave that up to the big bosses, Ari Emanuel, which by the way, he's a fantastic owner, you know, of, of the UFC. Like big shout out to Ari. I've been a big fan of him ever since Entourage. So much love to Ari. You know, Emmanuel and Hunter Campbell and Dana White. And we'll just leave it up to the big bosses because they decide. No one else decides. Not Leon, not 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 these groupie journalists that, that are all fanboys that are crying in their tears, which, by the way, is absolutely hilarious, Mike. Because if you're asking how I'm doing, I'm doing great because all my haters are miserable right now. Miserable. It's amazing. It's a, it's a great day, Mike. What do you think happens if Leon doesn't take the fight? What if he puts his, his feet in the sand and says no? Like, I need to see Colby get another win. Do you think he gets stripped? He you gets think stripped, they'll strip Mike. him? He will get stripped. He's, he's not the draw in this division, Mike. I'm the draw. You saw, look at the numbers from over the weekend. I didn't even fight, and my numbers powered over the main event. Those fucking nobodies, you know? Leon Scott and Marty fake news. But no one wants to see those guys. They're stupid. Listen, listen to the shit they say. Mar you know, Leon's fumbling the whole time, mumbling out of his fucking mouth. He's just, he's, there's no personality, no charisma. Same thing with Marty, you know? Marty needs a belt to be relevant. He's not relevant. He, neither one of them are relevant. So to, for Leon to sit there and ask, act like he's Conor McGregor, you're not Conor McGregor, bro. You don't get to call the shots, dude. Like, you're a nobody, dude. Like, shout out to Conor and what he's done. Like, He's done great things in this sport. He's the biggest straw. The things he did, unpredictable. And, and shout out to him, especially because of his charity that, you know, he's giving back to first responders in America. God bless Connor, man. He's doing big things. How can you not like that and respect the guy doing that? So shout out to Connor. I mean, Connor's fucking, you know, one of the greatest fighters of all time. And what he's done is cannot be, you know, emulated, you know, knocking a guy out in under 10 seconds in a title fight. He's unpredictable. So you, you know, you can't, you can't, you don't know what you're going to get with that guy. That guy's dangerous. Like he's, you, you can't take that guy lightly. So shout out Connor and and yeah, Leon, you haven't even, you did you haven't even defended your belt yet. Like that wasn't even barely a title defense. You got a you got a decision in London, which the, the Brits always get decisions in London when London judges are on on, on the deck. And, and so and it was it wasn't impressive. You didn't finish him. And that's a that's a show of informer self and Marty. So sit there, Leon. Fucking take what you're gonna take because you're everything you work for your whole entire life is about to get taken by me, man. And you have no choice. You're not a draw. You're a fucking nobody. You're, you're irrelevant. What do you think of Connor saying that he wants a title fight at 170? If he beats Michael Chandler, 
he wants a title shot at 170. And if they make this fight between you and Leon, by the time that fight happens, it could line things up perfectly. So you come in as a guy who wasn't even supposed to fight in London. You step in, you weigh in, you watch the fight from the crowd, you get a title fight. And then once you win the belt, you could somehow find yourself fighting Conor McGregor in a, just a gigantic red panty night kind of matchup for your first title defense. Like everything's just kind of falling in, in, in weird places. Is it not like it's all coming together in such a weird way that if you fight Leon and win your next, I mean, you could fight freaking Conor McGregor in your first title defense, the way this is all shaping up. You know, th this is God's plan. My, this is, this is destiny, man. This is the journey that I've been on, you know, through my blue collar work ethic through America, the kid achieving the American dream and, and working my butt off, you know, when everybody doubted me, when everybody told me I wouldn't do it, you know, now look where I'm at, you know, it's, it, the biggest and best fights. Like I'm, I'm the draw. I'm the A side in the welterweight division now. Like everybody knows it. Everybody knows who's the best fighter in the world. It's the undisputed champ. That's me. It's Colby Chaos Covington. So you know, it's it's a beautiful thing. I'm truly blessed, Mike, to be in this position and and to collide with Connor. I mean, it would be the biggest title fight fight in the history of the company. I mean, we're talking two million buys, pay per view buys plus. I mean, it would be catastrophic it would it would be incredible you know it'd be the biggest business the ufc could ever do and especially it's a beautiful timing right before donald trump's going to take back the office in 2024 right before the campaign trail so you know it's just the timing of of life is working out perfect and this is god's plan mike that's what i gotta say it's destiny where does kamar usman go from here because you guys have spent almost an hour in the cage together and i'm sure at some point that's when you would like to run back one more time. You even pitched a, a best of seven series between the two of you guys at, at one point. So where do you think he goes from this loss? Yeah, I, honestly, I think he retires now. You could see it in the fight. He, it's not the same Marty of the past. You know, he's just not hungry, man. He made a lot of money with the fights that he had. You know, the George fight, the, the two fights with me that I sold because no one gave a fuck about him because, you know, he doesn't have person. His personalities have a wet mop in the corner. So, you know, like I made the guy rich and I beat his ass in Madison Square Garden, Mike. So I don't really need anything to prove. Deep down inside, I know I proved I beat him in Madison Square Garden. Every fan knew it in the arena. They were all screwing my name. All after the fight, they all said I won at least three to two. But a lot of them thought I won four one every round except the second. He won one round out of a five round fight. He got beat. So deep down in my heart, I can live with that forever, Mike. I already know I beat him. So now it's on to the next order of business. It's Leon Scott, Edward Scissorhands. He's going to get destroyed this summer, International Fight Week. And it's going to be a spectacle. You know, the biggest and best business is what I do every time I step in there. You're probably going to see my friend Donald Trump at the fight, you know, coming in, putting the belt around my waist. And and, and that's going to be that. It's going to be fucking amazing. If you think the nerd tears are flowing now, Mike, Oh my God. All I gotta say, I'm a family man. God bless you for being a, a father. And I just want to say to help you and your family, like build an arc now because the, the flow is going to be catastrophic, catastrophic of nerd tears all over the world when I win the undisputed championship. Oh man. Well, Colby, congratulations on getting the fight. I mean, what else can I say? You, you showed up, you stepped on the scale, you made 170 like a pro and you you got yourself a title fight. It appears. So We'll keep an eye out for when that's actually going to happen. It's uh, it's good to have you back on the scene. I think the the space is is much more exciting. It's 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 a much more unique space when Colby Covington is involved. And uh, like I said, congratulations! It was, it was good to see you on the television screen in London, and I really appreciate you jumping on just a couple of days after flying back home, my man. So thank you very much, and uh, we'll see what happens when you get inside that octagon fight for a world title. 
Great talking to you, Mike. Unlike your fake journalist, you know, colleagues that you work with, but you're a real journalist. And shout out to my dentist, you know, Chris Ramsey at Ritter. Ramsey freaking got the best smile in the game. Shout out to my boy, Luigi Girardi over at uh, Satoria Girardi, keeping me suited and booted and fresh in all my fights. And shout out to all the people that I fight for. First responders, law enforcement, military. God bless America. God bless the Trumps. And, and uh, you know, can't wait to show you what's next, Mike. You guys, are gonna, I'm going to shock the world again. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.